Folks, I just want to say uh, welcome to the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast. I hope that whatever it is that you have going on in your life, I hope that you know that if you are his, um, excuse me, I hope that you remember and recognize that if you belong to the Lord, you are his and he does take care of his own no matter what is uh, going on in your life. Sicknesses, financial problems, emotional, spiritual problems, family problems, whatever the case may be, he has you in his hands. So please just remember that. And today, uh, I want to start by saying that we will be looking at a uh, much debated uh, part of scripture here in the book of Luke uh, from chapter 12. Uh, It talks about the uh, wise and faithful steward and the steward who is not faithful. And I want to examine what happens to these servants or stewards, you know, as uh, some translations might have it. And there has been a lot of debate over this passage, which we will see, uh, you know, talking about uh, whether or not some of these uh, servants were even saved. And that's something that we're going to look at. So turn to um, Luke chapter 12. We start in verse 35. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning, and ye yourselves liken to men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. So we are told to be at the ready and fully prepared for the Lord's coming. Uh, There will be no need to wait for him in order to get ready because if we are as we should be, if we're living our lives the way we should be, we can open the door to meet him immediately. You know, if we're saved and we're ready, we don't have anything to do. We just go and meet him. No fears over, over what he will say, and we will see this later on. Now down to verse 37. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. So the Lord, for those people, those servants of his who, uh, when he comes back, finds them doing what they're supposed to do, waiting on him, you know, and other things, he will personally serve them. That is something that uh, I think will be quite a uh, supper time. I remember the old song. There's an old song called Supper Time that uh, I heard uh, Conway Twitty do. And uh, it's something like, come home, it's supper time. So that is something that we would have to look forward to uh, when meeting Jesus. You know, if we have lived our lives according to what he has told us to do. Now down to verse 38. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are the servants, are those servants. So no matter what time uh, he may come during the night or day, he can come at any time. Uh, 
If you're ready and doing what you're supposed to do, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Just be ready. Verses 39 through 40. And this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore also be be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. You know, it's like uh, if you know the hour that a thief is going to come into your house, uh, you're going to be ready. You're, you're going to be prepared to uh, deal with that. You're going to be ready for that. So it's like the same when Jesus is talking about his return. He's going to come at an hour when you're not expecting him. So be prepared. Be prepared for his return. You know, have your have all your stuff ready. You know, have your life in order as much as you can to be prepared for his return. Verses 41 through 42. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us or to or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward? There's that word, steward whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season. So here we start to get into the real guts of uh, the passage, in my opinion. You know, this is where there's a lot of debate and controversy here. Peter wanted to know if Jesus was speaking of them or to everyone. I believe in light of what we will see, it is for everyone. So we as Christians are entrusted, each one with certain responsibilities. Money, time, you know, whatever talents we have, you know, and even people. People being uh, just the people that we encounter on a daily basis uh, for pastors and, and things like that. You know, the people in the congregation. We're judged on how we use and treat these uh, resources that we've been entrusted with. Verses 43 through 44. Of a truth I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. That is uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool there. Um, when you're found faithful like this uh, servant that, that Jesus is talking about, you will be entrusted with a great reward, or excuse me, you will be given a great reward, which in a way will be a position of leadership or being put in charge of something. You know, I'm thinking probably uh, some kind of uh, uh, administrative role in whatever type of cities or anything that the Lord might, might have in his uh, uh, millennial kingdom. You know, that is one way in which the person will be richly rewarded. Plus, you know, another way that Jesus would richly reward that person is just simply by telling them, hey, you did a good job. Well done, good and faithful servant. And uh, what, what we see in verse 43, blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. If Jesus says that you're blessed, then you are blessed. So remember that. 
verse 45 through 46. But, and if that servant say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to beat the manservants and maidens, and to eat and drink and be drunken, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him, and at an hour when he is not aware, and he will cut him in sunder, and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. So, but the servant who is not faithful will receive a harsh rebuke from Christ. We see this very plainly. Uh, what is interesting about this verse is the use of the term unbelievers. Uh, many translations say unfaithful. I think maybe close to half of the translations that I've seen have uh, half of the translations use the term unfaithful, which uh does have a different connotation to it than the word unbelievers. Uh, an unbeliever is someone who does not believe, but an unfaithful person would be someone who believes, you know, who has truly accepted Christ, but their life, but in their life, they have not been faithful to that uh, fellowship. They're not in. They're not in uh, good fellowship with Christ. And you know because they're because of their lifestyle, whatever it is they're doing in their life that uh, is contrary to what the Lord wants them to do. You know, perhaps perhaps it could be taken the term unbeliever to mean a Christian who is living like an unbeliever, which kind of is what happens when somebody breaks their fellowship with Christ. They don't live in the light like they're supposed to. They're they're living more like the world, like an unbeliever. Even though they are still uh, a believer. They're just not living like one. Uh, the cutting in two is not literal. You know, nowhere in the Bible do you see a mention of uh, anybody being cut in two and then cast into hell. Uh, I know that there's a reference to uh, the body and soul being cast into hell, but you don't see anything in there about somebody being cut in two. Uh, we do see, however, that the word of God is like, it, it, it's sharper than a two-edged sword. And so what will happen when this person goes before Christ and they give an account of how they've lived their life, he is going to rebuke them and that rebuke will be so sharp that it is going to pierce them it's like they're going to be cut into pieces with his rebuke so it's not a literal cutting in two but it will be a very harsh experience for whoever winds up in that position he is going to have a very stern and harsh rebuke for that person who has lived their life like that verses 47 through 48 and that servant which knew his lord's will and prepared not himself neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes but he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes for unto whose for unto whomsoever much is given of him shall shall be much required and to him 
excuse me, and to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. To be honest, uh, you know, these verses have a principle that can apply to, to both the saved and the lost. Uh, the saved person, the more they have, the greater responsibility they have, and they will have more accountability uh, in the end to Christ when they have to uh, give an account of themselves. You know, they have a greater responsibility. People like pastors and preachers and teachers fall into this category. Uh, if a Christian does not know God's will for their lives, then, you know, they're, they're not as accountable. They're still responsible, but not as accountable. Uh, you know, for the unbeliever, you could take this text, you know, and uh, say that the more knowledge they have of the gospel, the greater accountability they have you know, the greater their punishment in hell will be. That's something that I also believe. The more light the more light you have, you know, excuse me, the more light that a lost person has and rejects, the greater degree of punishment they have. And uh, this is something that Jesus referred to when he was talking about how it would be more tolerable in the end for Sodom and Gomorrah than the cities who Jesus, that Jesus and his apostles were uh, doing work in in that during you know in the in the current era of that time, they were rejected and had a greater revelation of light, and so therefore Jesus said their punishment would be worse. It would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day. Um, that's pretty sobering if you ask me. Um, you know. So the more you know and have been entrusted with the saved Christian, the more accountable you are. If you are called to be a pastor, you know, how you treat the congregation and represent the church affects what Christ has to say to you. Called to preach or teach, your lifestyle reflects what Christ will have for you. You know, we have to watch very carefully how we are perceived uh by the world around us, you know, and when we are, especially when we are people who are, excuse me, uh, pastors, uh, teachers, or people in any other ministerial capacity in the church, you know, we are representatives of Christ, and so the greater profile we have with that, the more uh, watched we are, the more accountable we are. We have to give a greater degree of examination in our to ourselves as to how our life is being lived, you know, and we because we want to go before Jesus in the end and have him say good things to us. We don't want to be a person who is rebuked by Jesus. That's not something that anybody would want to look forward to. Because however bad whatever degree of bad it is, it's bad. And uh, we, nobody should want to, uh, excuse me, nobody should want to be there. We have to make an effort, a fight, to keep our lives uh, lived within the confines of what Christ has told us to do in the Bible. And it does matter, so, excuse me again, it does matter what you do as a Christian. 
you know, there's there's no such thing as a license to sin. Every sin, uh, you know, and failure that we have as our in our lives as Christians, it's forgiven, but we still have an accountability for that. We are still held accountable. You know, and we're held accountable in one way because uh, the you know those instances and in where we've refused to listen to the Lord. You know, we that stuff that we're not going to have. We're not going to have that reward in heaven. So that stuff that we've lost, and it's like my pastor at my church says. You know, when we go before Him, you know, the Lord is going to show us these ways in which we failed Him, in which we've you know in which we could have done better. You know, because it's like all of your works that you've done as a Christian are going to be tested. Whether they be good or whether they be bad. You know, these things are temporary. You know, the shame and regret, they have to be temporary because uh, in Revelation we're told that the Lord will wipe away our tears. You know, there's not going to be pain or sorrow in heaven. So we can take some degree of comfort in that, but why would you, but why would you even want to have to experience that in the first place? You know, you must live your life to the best of your ability to what the Lord, you know, to what the Lord has called you to do. He has called us to holiness. He has called us to sanctification. He has called us to each day open our hearts and minds to him and his will, you know, and to let us be transformed and molded into what he wants us to be. And if you do that, your life is going to be easier and you know it's going to be there's going to be some pain involved because that's what happens when the Lord prunes things from us you know but in the end you will have a lot more satisfaction and peace in your life if you choose to go with what the Lord is telling you don't be like the wise you know the the unwise and unfaithful steward you know who gets a harsh rebuke from Christ be like the one who is rewarded with with awesome words and uh, privileges. Be like that. So I want to close this out now with a prayer. Uh, dear Lord, Father, if there is anybody here listening to this, you know, if their life is, uh, if, if their life as a Christian is not what it should be, if they're out of fellowship with you, then I pray that your spirit would work on them to get them to be where they should be. You know, because you don't want to have to rebuke anybody. It's like a parent uh, does not want to get onto their child for stuff, but they have to. And so, and more importantly so than that, if there's anybody here listening uh, who is not saved, then I pray that your spirit would draw them to Christ. Uh, you'll tell them what to do. They'll know what to do. All they have to do is yield. They'll know the truth that Jesus Christ died for their sins and that he rose from the dead and that once they accept you, then you will come to live in their hearts forever. And I also want to pray for anybody out there who is going through sickness. There's a lot of cancer going around that I see. People that I've known over the years are sick with cancer. People in my family, my old teachers from school, they're sick with cancer. I want to pray for healing and uh, wisdom for their families and the doctors and whoever else is helping to take care of them. So, Lord, I just want to say this. Um, 
I pray for your blessings on anyone who's listening to this. And it's in Christ's name I pray this. Amen.